Welcome to the Family Office Secrets Podcast, where we share weekly advanced financial planning concepts, insights, and family office financial planning strategies and tactics. Welcome to the Family Office Secrets Podcast, where we share weekly advanced financial planning concepts, insights, and family office planning strategies and tactics. I'm MC Lobster. I'm joined by Stephen Bell. Stephen, great to see you. Good to see you, MC. Today, we're talking about risk management. That's the topic for our episode today. In a previous episode, we covered the importance of estate planning and asset protection strategies. And then in another episode, we also looked at tax strategy and the importance of uh, minimizing tax liability legally to massive wealth uh, destroyers and and uh, eroders uh, is uh, having not having proper estate planning, asset protection, also not having a proper tax strategy. Uh, Another uh, way that you can protect your wealth uh, is through proper risk management strategies, which a lot includes, um, you know, uh, a lot of different types of insurance. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, there's a reoccurring theme. If you think about it, it's like, these are all attack factors on wealth and you kind of the bigger, the bigger, the number of commas you have, the more likely you are to be a target in different situations. Um, and so risk management when it comes to insurance is super important and that's a broad term. So just kind of narrowing it down a little bit, you know, we've got obviously life insurance is a big deal. Um, losing somebody when you weren't intending to in any household is is tragic and it has a financial component to it. Um, when you get into the high, high net worth, ultra high net worth family office space, then it has a whole nother implication as well. It starts to put a family in a place where 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 they have to come up with liquidity and they have to come up with with uh buy like partners have to buy each other out at big multiples those those buy sell agreements that are in their operating agreement from 20 years ago that they kind of forgot about they have to honor those they have to you know take on debt and there's all these attack factors that end up um culminating at that point so like that's a very important piece making sure that uh, that all of the aspects where life insurance plays uh key um, key purpose is set up and is funded correctly and is up to date. And that is certainly an annual review piece as well. Um, but then disability, what happens when, the, when you can't function in the capacity that you currently function? And there's a whole other issue there that's a key person issue as well. Um, and property and casualty. That's, that's easily overlooked because people often say, well, I bought this asset, so I called my broker and I got a policy. Um, okay, but that, has to, that, that works really, really well in most markets. It doesn't work well when you start to have complexity and you have assets, business assets and personal assets that and your business and personal lives are all intertwined and you have them in different jurisdictions in different states and you know you have some in the air and some on the water some on the land all of those things start to add a layer of complexity where you are well beyond the regular you know my insurance guy is uh, writing a policy and we've seen it before where it creates this potential for for a big um a big gap where he said well yeah i got a policy on my property um let's just say i have a a ranch 
Uh, I got this ranch. It's great. It's so great that I had all my investors out there for a wonderful week with their families. But then somebody got bucked off a horse and now I have a claim. Well, you know, your personal ranch now became a business, <laughs> had a business party. Now you all of a sudden realize that that actually wasn't included. But that's an important thing that can be included. That needs to be addressed. And I've seen that with, um, you know, some really good specialized private client groups in that space that sit there and they just approach it entirely different. I don't know if you've ever seen like the pictures of California wildfires and they, they'll, they'll scroll through and they'll be like, well, this neighborhood somehow didn't get touched. Like there's literally insurance companies that will go spray those neighborhoods because they, they insure the houses in that neighborhood with this like flame retardant stuff and like stories like that, because that's just a whole nother, it's a whole nother world when you get to there. Very important piece. Yeah. So I've made a, a checklist here quickly and uh, let me know if I, if I left something out. Sure. So what, just a quick, before I do the checklist, a thing on a mindset that I also have seen in the family office space is um, family office, families and individuals, they protect what they value. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no que- question asked. If something is valuable to them, they protect it. So the first thing that I have down here from a checklist standpoint is health insurance. If somebody gets sick or ill, to have proper health insurance coverage in place. The second part is disability insurance. You may have health insurance, but what if something happens that um, leads to you being disabled, meaning not being able to perform in the capacity that you do to generate income short-term and even long-term. So you have to have something like that in place. And then life insurance, there's many different strategies for life insurance. It could be to protect the asset, which is the individual or the different individuals in the family. That's the one strategy. The other strategy could be uh, setting up savings vehicles using life insurance. And then the other, the third strategy is one that you specialize in where you uh, leverage other people's money, other people's funds to essentially fund life insurance policies that helps with a swift and efficient estate transfer um, and, and wealth transfer. So, I mean, there's, there's so much to cover in life insurance and we will in this, in this, in the show do that. Um, And then you touched on property and casualty, you know, whether it's auto insurance, whether it's homeowners insurance, whether it is a, um, umbrella insurance piece, which a lot of people don't even think about for a very minimal amount, you can have a pretty big umbrella, which covers, uh, it kind of kicks in if you hit your threshold on your auto insurance, for example, right? A lot of people don't think about that. If if something happens, the worst case scenario, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, that gets maxed out pretty quickly. In most uh, uh, auto insurance policies, you need to have an umbrella as a, as a kicker coming in to, to, to cover the rest. And then, of course, you have proper asset protection in place and estate planning after that. Um, and then business insurance, what type of business insurance strategies need to be in place, um, you know, whether it's error and omissions in our industry is, is big, but, you know, you touched on buy, sell, what, what, what buy, sell insurance strategies needs to be in place, you know, all those different types of things. I mean, I think, um, and, and let me know if there's something that, that you want to add to this, but I think like a good exercise would be to sit down and think about all these dangers and threats because our philosophy on insurance is it should be there 
to protect you in case of catastrophic events. Mm -hmm. So what catastrophic events do you need to insure against? What is valuable to you that you need to protect against all of these catastrophic events, right? Yeah. And it's an area too, where you don't want it siloed out. You want to make sure that, that the um, entities that are insuring you absolutely know what else exists, what else there they you know because if they're an order taker insurance provider where you literally you know you call up and add your card to the policy that's not what you need what you need is that that person needs to know how's it owned how's it used how does that fall into everything because everything's so integrated so making sure that you're you're getting that advice and, and not doing it on your own i mean that's not highest best use of time <laughs> make sure you're getting the right partners in that look at risk management in in its entirety um because it's just there's it's too easy to have a gap in there and still and do it while you feel like you have everything buttoned up absolutely um when it's not coordinated there -hmm. could be a lot of overlapping too right and that's a huge cash flow leak um and having proper coverage established in one place may allow you to actually reduce uh your costs in other areas without giving up the protection that you want, right? So if it's not coordinated, this all these insurances, you could be inefficient, mm-hmm. which means you're like unknowingly, because a lot of people unknowingly are leaking, you know, thousands of dollars per month. And, you know, in some cases, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, right? Yes. If it's not set up properly. Um, so you definitely want to coordinate it uh, you know, risk management and insurance strategy. One more thing that I'll throw in here too, and I know we'll talk about it in a different episode in a future episode is captive insurance strategies too, mm-hmm. which I, which business owners can uh, essentially establish an insurance company outside of their business, which then insures the business and the business owner against um, threats and dangers uh, that are not insured by by just regular standard insurance carriers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna allude to that as well because like when people hear that some somebody or some entity is self insured, that doesn't mean what you think it means. That's a properly structured, actually like underwritten and funded type of entity, like a captive, not just you know I got a bunch of money in the bank, I'll just take care of a problem that comes up. That's a terrible plan. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, terrible plan. Yeah, that's a great point because you're, oh, I'm self-insured. And people say these things out loud. Well, it means two very different things on the opposite side of the economic spectrum. When someone in a family office tells you that, they have a captive insurance company. And what a captive insurance company can grow into, I mean, um, was it Allstate that was started out as a captive insurance company for Sears Roebuck? It was, (laughs) yeah, it's, so yeah, so this is, this is, real, legitimate, legally formed insurance entities by business owners if they qualify and have a business uh, of a certain size and have income levels of a certain size. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So big takeaway from this is risk management. You know, that I, I gave a quick checklist with health, disability, life, property and casualty and business insurances. Where uh, do you need to uh, set up proper coverage? And do you have a coordinated strategy or is it just are you working with, you know, folks that are just essentially order takers and just kind of 
setting up insurance policies for you, but they don't know what else you have, how you own it, how the assets are owned and so forth. So um, make sure that you have a comprehensive risk management strategy in place because this is this is the part where you want to protect the wealth that you're out there generating uh, and creating. Now, Stephen Bowles has created a presentation where he shares premium finance life insurance and advanced planning strategy that can turbocharge your wealth transfer you can check it out at familyofficesecrets.com. That's familyofficesecrets.com.